guys, welcome back to another episode of Drinks at Dana's, where we will be discussing episode five, Lobsters 2. And I'm Chris, and coming to you from Sydney, Australia, where we are still in lockdown. Yay! And I have Jess and Ash with me. Hello. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi, everyone. For those of us who don't read every little thing, is Lobsters 2 T-W-O or T-O-O? T-O-O. T-O-O. Did you go back and watch the <laughs> o, the OG episode is referenced? <laughs> no, because I suck and I'm not I'm not I'm not on the ball. I'm I've been busy. I've been busy. So Ash, do you I, do you I should know? have. This yeah, is a reference this, to an OG an episode. Awkward, awkward turtle episode. It's the season three one where oh there's so much chaos in, in the original episode because it's the one where they go to dinner. Max is ordering like the side salad and fries and and everyone else is having a lobster dinner and it's when Beck goes to pay and her credit card gets declined and <laughs> you know there's the like season three was was not a good one for well for anyone really but <laughs> it's but and then Tina you know is annoyed at Bat and I think Bet, yeah, Bet decides to sell her Kiki Smiths in in this one, in the original one. I mean, but yeah, it's an awkward episode. Not great, not great. They are all very snobby and not very welcoming to Max. Mm. But that well, was, was like a... you could say that about any episode. Oh yeah, yeah, of the original. That was it. ever since Max comes into it. <laughs> But this episode had a lot of action, I thought. Like, I felt like it was a lot packed into the episode. Yeah. Similar to last week, it was like, I felt like everyone had sufficient screen time and moved the story along or moved relationships along or, you know, there was things happened. Except for poor Finley again. I think. Yeah, yeah she's actually kind of yeah. getting shafted on the screen time this season I, so. I, I hate what they're doing to the character this season like just having i feel like she made so much progress with like you know you know getting off the alcohol and becoming you know flying back to kansas to you know better herself and stuff and then all of a sudden she's just like an alcoholic again at, by the beginning of this episode we just get these like little blips with her like last week when i thought oh they're you know they're they're gonna start bringing her in more and stuff because they had like that flower mart scene and then the end scene but I always just feel that when I'm watching the show, when she pops up, I'm like, oh, yeah, Finley, what's what's happening? And then it's like she makes like a little joke and then she's gone. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd really like to know. She's like the light more. entertainment in the background. Yeah, I'd, I'd love more of her at work with with Shane and Tess and they're the, so dismissive of her at work they though are, i feel they like they're, yeah. they're very much like she's a bother there like ugh, what do you want again like yeah like oh we only gave you this position because we took pity on you you poor pitiful soul who has no money or place to live or job or friends or whatever you know so it's like oh we'll throw you these little breadcrumbs but yeah they're very she's tr- she tries to be so helpful to everyone yeah and like i feel Shane- like people or you know kind of dump on her yeah well yeah like shane yeah. was trying to use her as an excuse like let's sort out that liquor <laughs> and finley was like oh i've already done it like 
feel like she's just she's she's very good at her job whenever she's doing a job. Also, the work kind of di- like the workforce there. I'm like, is this just normal behavior that like once a day someone is like, hey, not coming in because I have a date, or not coming in because my date's coming here, or <laughs> what right. is going on? So they're, they're like minimal staffed anyway. <laughs> Right. Yeah, we never we don't even see any extras in the background that are waiters or waitresses or bar staff or anyone. Yeah, I mean, I obviously I'm very sympathetic to the fact that they filmed this during a pandemic, but oh, for sure. I think the scenes that stand out for me the most mo- most of the time I honestly like don't even really notice it that much or if I do it's because I'm I look at this show with a with way way more detail than I do any other show because obviously but when they're at Dana's is the time that I'm like oh this feels a bit hollow like empty yeah I wish they would have even if they would have put people that we, we were like seeing all the time or you know I don't know like extra cr- like crew or something yeah, in there just or to something, make it because yeah. especially like when the scenes where it's like Tess and Shane and they're all sitting there and stuff. I feel like I was thinking, Oh, is this open? Is this closed? What's going on here? Like, yeah. Always, day, always like, yeah. Is it closed? And I'm like, I still can't believe they're closing the whole place for poker nights when I'm like, and then Shane's always playing as well. Like Shane's not working. She's playing too. Yeah. And yeah. then I'm like, like is, is the fact that Shane, you know, through us that throwaway line of she's in financial trouble is that going to fall into the l word black hole that never gets mentioned ever again because like what was the point of her saying that then (laughs) we're gonna need yeah we're gonna need to address bet being a b again yep you don't want to say it precious Gigi (laughs) rhymes me rhymes with pitch yeah Yeah, poor Gigi. i just want to comfort her poor sweet Gigi. (laughs) pick me i'll comfort you (laughs) <laughs> I'll look after you, Gigi. Come here. <laughs> In that lovely red rope, too. But we but... get to see Gigi's loft, which was like, whoa, very nice. Yeah, it's very nice. I like her loft. Um, and she looks so beautiful in the morning. And Bet yep. is, I was like, yeah, um, I said yeah, this she, last yeah. week. It's that Jody energy of like, I want to sleep with you, but you're annoying me. Well, because yeah, she very, very much gave her the cold shoulder already. And I think for me, it looked like she's emotionally already moved on from Gigi. She's now into yeah. like Pippa Pascal mode. Because she was so, yeah. like, she was so, like, you know, meh, 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 until she suddenly brought up Pippa Pascal and she was like lit up and she was like, oh, I've cut out my heart to work with that lady. I was like, really? And poor You're Gigi, a little bit too face. into your art there. I know. She was so disappointed. Yeah, which Gigi knows. I mean, she sees yeah. exactly. She has Beth's yeah, number. And I think Gigi is very much like, oh, okay, this is what this is. Like, yeah, like we're both hot. Happening. Like, yeah. Right. And that's why I think the, especially with seeing some of the, the pictures that's coming, like, and, and just the kind of, guesses we've been making since way back in filming with like we Danny and Gigi <laughs> spending a lot of time together I I mean I'm guessing at this I haven't seen anything after this episode but I hope that 
Gigi and Danny is more than just like what's going on with Bet and Gigi. Like I think they could have like an actual oh, relationship. Yeah, and, for sure. Yeah, I'm loving how slow they're taking it with them. Yeah, and I think that's what it, like Gigi will be like, oh, okay, this, you know, Bet is hot and it's Bet and everything, but Danny, I can have like an actual relationship and like future and things. They yeah. already have more of an emotional yeah. connection uh, just as, you know, friends but, or two people who are hanging out or mm, whatever they are. Yeah, yeah. Then. But when she calls her out, that she, like, are you flirting? <laughs> I was like, oh! <gasps> Bet only calls Gigi when she, yeah. she's had a bad day, when she wants and to make herself sex. feel better with sex. Yeah. 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 So yeah. that's, she's just someone to to use like that whereas um danny is calling Gigi for like these really difficult emotional situations and Gigi's spinning i mean how many how long did she wait outside i know i'm like oh father. she picked her up in the car Aww. i was like oh. i know it must have been a while because even getting into those places and getting out i'm surprised she didn't get a ticket waiting out there that long <laughs> yeah so would you, would you give Gigi a ticket <laughs> yeah well, I'd be like I, I'll take a ticket for looking at you Gigi <laughs> Denny okay. scene I loved when she was like um, Gigi said what did she say um, you will love like that again and De- and and mm. then she's Danny's like what when and she's like soon the way she looks at her she's like soon I'm like <laughs> yes she will <laughs> Gigi like, just oh, exudes yeah. sex like in the best but possible in, way yeah in the best way Shane's not even like on the radar anymore like she's oh yeah she's suppressed. lost her mojo oh yeah totally <laughs> but it's like the person like I mean obviously like Sephora Mafia is gorgeous. It's 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 not just a look thing. It's like the charisma and like mm-hmm. even even if she wasn't super beautiful, I feel like she would be like hot and attractive that way because she is just like her personality and it just she's one of she's those like so characters that yeah yeah and like secure in herself that I really I really like Gigi. I like the way she's written and I, and I also like that she's not just this like perfect person like yes she does have flaws and things but she's doing her best well, she said it herself there. she's she's learning she's taking yeah. relationships and, 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 take, and learning from that person I know I know that some people are with me on this and some people are not but I think that Gigi probably did a lot of work on herself after her relationship with Nat and I'd love to see even a little bit more like I don't know a flashback or something I know that's hopeful of Nat (laughs) and Gigi when they're married because I don't know Gigi doesn't seem like the the person who would cheat or whatever went on there Mm -hmm. so I think that that in the same way like caused a crisis in Bet when her cheating wasn't really like oh, I, I am super attracted to this person. And, it, you know, Bet cheated because she was like struggling emotionally and all that. And and it could have been something like that with Gigi. But, and then Gigi also had like, they had two small children. And then I, I just love to know more about what was well, going on. I definitely on feel like she's worked on herself. Because if you remember when we first are introduced to Gigi, she's like outside of their house 
banging on the door and then like that, nails, this is another yeah, reason. nails the, the, the re- wedding ring to the door. Like that doesn't seem like the DGG we know now. Yeah, she's she's moved on from nailing wedding rings to doors. <laughs> yeah, if she cheated in the past, she does not seem like the kind of person who would cheat now. Yeah, like she, I feel like she's learned and moved on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do like that when Bette calls her and she's with Danny, she doesn't, like, she's like, mm-hmm. nope. <laughs> Danny wins the Mini People Choice Award. But yeah, her her sex appeal is like she just has like an intensity about mm-hmm. her, like yeah, the eye contact and the mm, that's way, a good way that she. But it's interesting, like speaks. that Danny like was sort of questioning whether she's flirting with her, and and Gigi in a way was saying like, "Oh, honey, you'll know when I'm flirting." Like, <laughs> oh well, well yeah, yeah, I mean, she made it very obvious with Bet. So yeah, but she was just more like, "I'll let you know when my feelings change." Yeah, so it was like. It's kind of like I'm not flirting now. She didn't think she was flirting now, but she'll she'll let Danny know when she's. I think Danny point. is is very like she doesn't have a lot of experience. Is what I'm getting because mm. I mean Sophie and her have definitely been together for a while, and prior to that, I know we know that that she dated Micah when they were mm-hmm. yeah. in undergrad. So I'm assuming she dated Micah then started dating Sophie and yeah, that was two it. People. Yeah. So well Gigi then, did say don't you know stop comparing me to Sophie. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean Danny's I, I said this I think last week too, like Danny's really gone through it lately. Like she's she's lost her well her you know her mom is dead before the show. She's lost her dad now. She's lost her fiance. She's lost her best friend and like okay these people haven't disappeared but there's huge barriers in the way of their relationship. Like her dad is in prison and Sophie left her at the altar and Micah's living with his, her ex. And and now she's the interim CEO. Yeah. Un- so who unknowingly. Thinks Danny's father is still just jerking her around. Yeah. I think he is. And he's a bit of a slime ball. Yeah. And when Gigi asks her if she thinks he's telling the truth, and she kind of evasively says like oh he could be i'm like lie lying he's lying to you mm-hmm. he's a liar yeah. Yeah. he's yeah. definitely yeah. not telling you the truth and also how can their family's entire assets be tied to one company like wouldn't they be smart enough to have it you know diversified and like, i don't know they made it sound like she would lose her apartment and everything if she didn't take ceo well yeah i mean the reason i can kind of believe that is because normally people like they're uber uber wealthy right so their their bills are not gonna be oh i've got a thousand pound rent a month and my electric bill is a hundred dollars like these people's outgoings are insane insane levels like of for everything and even just stuff that that they're they won't even be aware of that are going on in the background like finance people and and the the company of course like i'm sure if it's a public traded company the stock absolutely plummeted when the ceo was arrested so i can't imagine and and really rich people like that they don't just have like one account with like a hundred million dollars set it, sitting in it there's 
all these other things that are based on on other accounts and interest and planning and I can't move this for 10 years and oh I've invested in this company so I think it's like a house of cards and if they like pulling out the middle of it is pulling a CEO and it all would would like she could probably still live and just I don't know her her credit card probably has like no limit or like a million dollar limit so she could live on that for definitely a while but I definitely think yeah it would pretty much crumble and putting her in charge will still cause some crumbling because it just the way it happened like her dad was arrested and and she was put into this position but I'll be very interested to see how this goes because usually putting putting Danny in as CEO is kind of setting her up to fail because if there is anything going wrong like she's basically being being thrown in there too now and if she is in the dark like like her dad I'm sure that is the case that her dad is is keeping her out of that stuff so that she doesn't get in trouble but it's just I, I I don't think that a CEO of this magnitude can literally be like someone set me up like her dad is obviously involved and doing well I, I for one I'm looking forward to seeing Danny as CEO bring on some like yeah. power suits and yeah. stuff Ooh. well yeah and I mean I definitely thought like when her dad sort of issued that threat to her, if you don't take over a CEO, uh, you'll lose everything. I mean, I kind of thought, oh, yeah, I could totally see that storyline. That's where we're going. She's going to. She's, yeah. She's always been a rich girl. She's going to be destitute because usually you are like it doesn't matter. The federal government can seize all of your accounts, whether they're related mm-hmm. to the company or not. I mean, mm-hmm. you you can just literally overnight have nothing legally so i mean hopefully Gigi will be there to very very precarious situation here yeah i was surprised about what like when i thought about this later i did i was surprised that she went to that lake house lake house which (laughs) i'm supposing is her family's so it just seems odd that no one because i don't know about you but if I was doing something illegal. I wouldn't be hiding no documents at my re- residence that I'm there every day. If I would go to put it somewhere like a lake house. So yeah. maybe they were there too and, and checking stuff out, but it's not going exactly like exactly the way I think it was. And I, and I do think what you just said, Jess, like I did for a second go, Oh, we're going to see her having to be like a real person <laughs> <laughs> because yeah she doesn't live like any semblance of any way normal life so that would be funny she'd, but... she'd have to start living like finley <laughs> eating cereal for yeah. breakfast lunch and dinner we shall see i am i am interested to see danny like running the company and stuff because yeah she has been brought up like in this kind of world and stuff like that but i i still can't believe that there isn't someone else in her family involved here like uncles cousins like I we're led to believe she doesn't have any siblings but it's just so odd that this family is 
ju- business is just her and her dad. Like, where is everyone? Well, yeah, else? the way he talks like, about like it's the family company. Like, he makes it sound like this massive family of like twenty yeah, or something. And it's like, like our, just her and our him, family like, company the- is like you need something done like you have to go around the houses to all like 12 directors and like get everyone <laughs> to sign everything like, i can't just roll in and be like hey <laughs> so we're gonna do this okay so do we want to talk about this week's og reveal i yes, think i may like yes. later on when tom screams screams at the lobsters that may have been my scream <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, I so did a little I bit louder too. because uh, I think I scared the neighbors and my cat when I screamed. Well, and I was oh, like, I said, the shut up. Like, oh my God. <laughs> when they brought in Sherry Jaffe. But I knew it like 30 seconds before, like whenever Tess tells Shane, asks her if she can bring her girlfriend there. I'm like, oh, it's going to be someone Shane dated. Oh, it's yeah. Gonna, I knew it for Shane sure. definitely <laughs> will have had sex with this woman. Yeah. That's the only reason to show up at the same place. I'm yeah. Like, she's definitely going to know her. So, yeah. Yeah. I was just wondering which of the OGs it was going to be. But well, I didn't Showtime told you. <laughs> Showtime literally put it at the end of the last episode. I couldn't. Well, I didn't it see it. Cause... Thank God. I, would, I don't watch it on Showtime. So, that's good. good I mean, plus, yeah, me I... and Jess, we didn't know. We both probably screamed. In... <laughs> Did yeah, you scream, Jess? Yeah, I was surprised. Surprised spoilers. too. But... Yeah. So, all of you watching out there, one. if you haven't figured it out by now, if you don't <laughs> want to know everything that's going to happen in the next episode, do not watch the trailer at the end of each episode. Yeah, as soon as the credits roll, you hit that stop button or off button or whatever. Yeah, so yeah, I was so surprised-ish. Strange. That's a huge spoiler at the beginning away. Believe... But last week they gave away because even in my in, like obviously I pre-record my reviews and I I'm gonna publish the vi- well the video is probably out now saying oh I can't wait for you guys to see who it is and I had to type over the top like oh well Showtime told you who it is so. But last week they they revealed Alice's mom too. And I was, I mean, like, I love because obviously I went in completely not knowing. And I love those little moments of being like, oh, oh Alice's yeah. mom. And like, so. Yeah, that was me. Totally. I didn't know either of the two were coming back. It makes me uh, think that they've got something someone bigger, bigger in their arsenal. Yeah. If they're <laughs> just casually like these were, Yeah, these were just the mini surprises. Yeah, I know a lot of people are saying now oh, about might Carmen be Helena. because of this week, of the episode last this week. But I just think that the way they phrased about Sarah, I just don't think it's. I, I think Helena, and yeah. I could imagine Tasha too. I could imagine Tasha, but I just feel like we would have seen her pop up somewhere in social media land or something. I or saw I, because we did see like Kate go on on Rosanna Arquette's podcast, so that could yeah. be a clue mm-hmm. right then. I saw this really good Tasha theory that someone said when Shane, you know, in a few episodes, obviously gets in trouble with the poker thing. Like the detective who oh! comes to, yeah, I thought that would be cool. If it was that would Tasha. be a good, That's yeah, like a good cool. way for her to be like, oh, I haven't seen Al since we broke. And then we could get like a little bit of a story. See, we so. need you writing some of this stuff, Ash. <laughs> <laughs> I have available any. <laughs> so any suddenly day, we'll any fast time. forward to season three and it's like staff writer, <laughs> Ash. <laughs> no, people are like banned from the set. <laughs> Oh, Marja, if you're listening, <laughs> Ash is available. 
Actually, we're available as a team. We could work as a team. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, uh, I think Tess um, in the scene when she's talking to – when she catches Finley in the back office, I think she has one of the best lines of the episode. (gasps) Yes, I love this. Where she says, find someone who knows your worth. And I was like, I I literally paused it and cheered and and clapped and was like – I like the bit where oh. she goes, like, because it's so true, and, and I say this all the time, yes, people can change, but they rarely do. Oh, and yeah. that Yeah, that that's is... my second favorite line of the episode. I love right. that. Right. So, yeah. So I was I was pretty strongly, you know, team Tess before this. But, like, so Tess and Shane were already awkward before <laughs> Sherry Jaffe shows up. Oh, God. And, like, <laughs> Tess is smart and observant so observant so you know she she knows the score immediately like okay and and she tries to you know extricate herself from the situation and then she's giving all this loaded advice where even shane is like who are we talking about right now yeah yeah. it's like thinly veiled like oh i'm talking about finley but i'm really talking about you know you you and me so she test does not trust shane she's like oh, this is who you were, so I'm sure it's yeah. still who you are. When but yeah, uh, see, Sherry, I was, was Sherry called Shane a notorious, aggressive oh, yeah. homewrecker? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, t- Tess, she's smart, and she doesn't put up with BS from people, mm-hmm. and so she decides to go home. And I'm like, oh, good, smart Tess. I like that. But then she caves so quickly. She caves so quickly when Sherry, you know, locks the door and yeah, comes on. And I'm like, no, don't have. But sex I'm like, with Tess her. should know. Tess should already be at the stage where she knows Shane enough, well enough that she she knows that that's not something that Shane still is. Like yeah. Shane has not been showing any home wrecking kind of behavior, apart from when she's not with the- Tess's girlfriend. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> She wrecked her home already. That was was a little while ago now. That was last year. That was so last season. (laughs) That was nearly six months ago. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, she's changed in those six months. (laughs) And she tells Finley to know know her worth, be with someone who knows her worth. And then she goes and has sex with Sherry on the couch. That back off has just seen a lot of action. Yeah, that has a lot of yeah. A lot of action. But it's true for everyone, isn't it? We can always dish out advice and not so much take our own yeah, advice. That is true. That is uh, true. Yeah. I was a little disappointed though, because I'm like, oh yeah, Tess is the strong one and she stands up for herself. And then it's like, oh, that didn't last. Long. Maybe she just didn't have a, she hasn't had sex in a while, you know. <laughs> that sometimes helps. <laughs> I think yeah, I think that 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 what you said too about Tess bit like I really like Tess and I do also like how I like when characters like aren't perfect and they they have vulnerabilities and they have like issues and things because Tess is this very like on the outside people probably like oh like she's got a good job and you know she's really got it together and she goes above and beyond and blah blah and she has two two really good jobs and maybe one isn't so legal but <laughs> when she obviously has fucked up in the past with alcohol or the ramifications of drinking or whatever it was. So I do like that even though, cause it, I think if she, if she didn't have that like 
problem with alcohol like maybe she might come off too together for the l word because i mean it's tv we all want entertainment so i do like that that she does have like you said you know she's good at, at giving other people advice and maybe can't take like last season whenever she was you know uh start drinking again with finley and things and and then was like taking her to the the hangover breakfast and stuff like i think that that she's a really good character but she does have like her flaws and and things like that too and that sherry jaffe thing was clearly a flaw i think the test can do a lot better than sherry jaffe so. yeah cool. hopefully that's a one and done because sherry's already flirting with shane putting yeah. her hand on her leg and then she comes back at the end that was and very for some reason shane lets her into the bar when shane doesn't even uh, yeah we don't know her. what's happening after that though once the door closes yeah hopefully i'm sure we can all imagine <laughs> i well, mean we can imagine what old, usually happen with you know, shane that's yeah that's exactly will it be old shane or new shane <sighs> I'm really hoping. Well, let me tell you, new people can change, but they rarely do. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that should be the tagline of the old word. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> but also, like, going back quickly back to the poker, I'm like, if Tess is the only one overseeing everything, how is she like, I'm just going to head on home early? what who's flying the plane then like, there's no one left. There's no one working. <laughs> Everyone's gone home. Yeah, it's very odd. Finley. Finley's very in charge odd. of the plane. Finley already went but, home. No, Finley was yeah, still behind the bar. Finley, oh, Finley doesn't drink know poker. anything yeah. about poker. She doesn't even know how to make a drink, much less. She knows how to look like she knows about poker. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many decisions that, especially in a thing like this, where they are taking illegal rakes that you... So when you're playing... You know, you'll start off. I think they were playing uh, tens and twenties or fives and tens. So say they've been playing 10 grand, you know, to little blinds and 20 grand big blinds. You can very quickly, you know, get up to six figures there. And if they people keep going and, and they're playing against each other, like, you can keep up in the stakes and up in the stakes. So there has to be somewhere, someone somewhere to say, hey, this is this is the max, like, you know, or if there is, I don't know, half a million in the pot, then they're taking illegal rakes already. So they would up what they're taking out of that. They're not well, gonna do we know that they're still taking illegal million. rakes? It was just that one There's time. There's no way on this earth that they. <laughs> I wonder if, continued. like Shane, now that she knows what a rake is, is like, oh yeah, we should do this all the time. <laughs> they will well, be. Tess like told her about this, it. this is how they always all get in trouble. Is they hmm. they take it one time and then it's free money, and they think, hey, this is easy, and then they do it, yeah, and then that's when they get in trouble. Also, right before Shane let Sherry back in the art back in the bar at the end of the night she threw the bag of money behind the couch cushion well yeah because it could be someone coming to rob right <laughs> it could be however i could also totally see them Eddie. getting comfortable on the couch and the money disappearing with sherry mm. oh true mm. i wonder how they're paying <gasps> financial people out. disaster for shane cash in hand <laughs> Yeah, because, like, oh, my gosh, uh, like, Molly Bloom and stuff like that, like, 
they run it like a business. Like they have bank statements and everything printed out. And because for the first like four years that she was doing it, she wasn't taking rakes. She was just mm-hmm. getting like hundred K tips. But for people, you know, for people to buy in, who, who walks around with like half a million dollars? Like they don't. People were giving her like pieces of art for their seat in the game and stuff like that. And then, you know, people would give Ooh, her a check. Maybe and people can come. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's how Bet's buying into her next game. <laughs> but yeah, that little throwaway thing that, you know, you weren't really supposed to probably pay that much attention to just kind of makes me wonder if that's going to forward the storyline. Because mm. they could have just as mm. easily had her. But that just looked like it had the a bar. Yeah, but that could I mean, mean she was standing like... right next to the bar when she was zipping the bag up. She could have just. But it wasn't I, a little I mean... bag. It was a little box, and it looked like it made. Oh yeah, it was like a few hundred dollars bag. though. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to put that much money in that. That doesn't seem like it would be five hundred thousand mm. dollars. That could be like five grand or something in there. Mm. Yeah. So, Tom and Alice are back together, and Alice has finished the book, and yeah. Tom Yay. says that they're happy with it. The editing's done. I yeah, I know. I feel like we TV, didn't see time. nearly enough editing. I didn't see right. any. They no, we had a date. Or, I had a date. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't feel like they were editing a book at all. Like the last last episode, or well, in the last over the last this episode and the last two, so last three episodes, it's been about a month because we got a date in the middle of March, and then this episode, it says it's April seventeenth. So that is fast. Wait, okay. this episode? I thought last episode was April 17th. Sorry, I think there was a timestamp in here that was April. It, it's just because we're watching the episodes like in advance. And then, you know, I'm doing a review and then going back and talking about it here. So I'm, I'm pretty sure last episode was April 17th. The episode before was March. And then here we have April. So it seems as though like the episodes are taking place over maybe like a week or something. and Or two weeks. And then there's a, you know, in, in front of the episode there's a week. Or behind it there's a week. So it's all, you know, three to four weeks it seems. All I know is the passage of time is sometimes weird. and <laughs> Sometimes? Sometimes is <laughs> the understatement of the year. All the time. <laughs> Vortex of time. Of Elwood time. Because yeah, books, especially yeah. books written by someone who has never written anything before. Um, Miraculously and made. graphical are notoriously super easy to edit. So, Oh, yeah. yeah. And write. Because she wrote right. that whole chapter on Dana instantly. Right. So, um, so yeah. So they're kind of saying goodbye to each other but neither yeah, of them really want to say goodbye so yeah it's 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 a bit awkward they're trying to figure out where do we go from here yeah are they friends um, or not yeah <laughs> i mean and i definitely still little gifts and then yeah. ask be friends yeah. i see yeah i'm still only getting really like buddy vibes from the two of them if they if they Ooh. are you know sort of like angling for them to be a couple i still only get buddy vibes oh no i finally saw it in this episode oh maybe towards like later on when they're on the beach but at the beginning, I'm still very much getting buddy vibes. Yeah. yeah so Alice needs a giant hug because she's yeah, she in, a, in an emotional uh, turmoil right now. So she had to dig through all the stuff to write the chapter on Dana, which mm-hmm. she did. Um, but apparently she was still pining for Nat and thinking they might have a chance to get back together. I, I didn't understand that dinner. Why was she making her a dinner? I thought they were broken up. 
like why was there a scene we missed or was it cut out that they discussed having a dinner well when he comes over she says like nah cancelled yeah no but then what led to that like yeah they would have had because she said i try i'm gonna surprise her with a fancy dinner and i'm like that just sounds like they're still together like when she was saying about getting the dopamine i I think she was making it sound as though that nat had like reached out to her and then she'd been like oh let's have you know and then because she thought oh nat wants to get back together but then she cancelled and she was going out with with brenda brenda which (laughs) maybe it's the same brenda (laughs) from from episode four of season five let's get this party started brenda the heart surgeon the see see what i mean it's gonna be another information in my head (laughs) gonna be another og reveal (laughs) the heart surgeon brenda right Uh, so maybe it was the same Brenda because she was quite adventurous. And... <laughs> <laughs> well, we oh all know God. in the case of the L word, there'll only ever be like one Brenda. So it's got to be that Brenda. Yeah, I love Marsha and the writers if that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. It's so perfect. So, yeah. so Tom shows up. Perfect timing because the dinner with nat is canceled and alice has just accidentally broken the crystal vase that her was her grandmother left yeah her, her grandmother yeah, yeah i know <laughs> she she was having one of those moments that i that i sometimes have where like a bunch of stuff happens and you're just like oh come on like <laughs> what else can go wrong right come on universe oh. yeah and tom's a sweetheart and he shows up and screams like a child when he sees <laughs> Two lobsters. I scream like that all the time. <laughs> Several times a day, I screamed like that. I laughed out loud. That was like I my did too. favorite yeah. moment of his. Actually, yeah. he kind of like had a flashback to his Scrubs character. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but yeah, the I whole lobster love thing lobster. was quite cute. I would have, would have helped Alice out there. <laughs> <laughs> but I love how he's just like, "Are you kidding? I'm it, yeah, selfish. Yeah, let's set them free." So they adorably take them to the beach to set them. But they did everything wrong. Like I was the like, whole what are you time doing? they were di- they were releasing them. I was like, the bands, the bands, the bands. The bands. The whole yeah. Time. Also, the fact that you just don't put them on the like sand. You, you like have to put them actually in the water. The poor things. How and are they even going to crawl with bands on their little snappers? Yeah. One stage, I was like, oh, maybe they're just like not being obvious about the bands because like. They don't want to like risk the actors being hurt or something. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, yeah liked exactly. that, I liked that they addressed them at the end. I was like, the band. Yeah, me too. I thought they were just going to leave it like, uh, yeah. like we weren't supposed to notice. Um, <laughs> but so the part where I finally am like, okay, I finally see the two of them and see how they could make sense because I wasn't really feeling a romantic connection between them before. Um, but when Alice says to him, why are you such a dork? I'm like, oh, my God, Dana was a dork, too. This makes so much sense now. Like, Aww. they would be perfect Aww, together yeah. because, yeah, I mean, Dana was uh, was a pretty big dork. Well, yeah, she I mean, if you, awkward, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's you know, true. Alice I didn't think about that. Life. I didn't think about that's that. My, that's, that's my whole niche point. of a personality. I'm a dork. <laughs> that's my <laughs> that's my category, dork. And we, I mean, we haven't seen that sort of 
personality from other people that Alice has mm. dated. So yeah, yeah. That's we true, haven't really yeah. seen that many people that Alice has dated. Uh, I mean, she does say in this episode out, though, I can't the amount of people that she she's loved she can count on one hand, which I think was interesting mm-hmm. because I'm thinking. Yeah, who is Dana, it? Dana, obviously. Dana. Nat, obviously. Tasha. Tasha, yeah. So three. There could be a mysterious other person that we in the ten in the years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I still I, I was kind of hoping that they would have something in the book that would like fill in those those ten years, but Am I the only one that wishes that it would be they would actually release a physical copy of this Alice book? And I would definitely. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. (laughs) She and Kate were saying, I can't remember what book came out like in real life that there was like, it was basically like a behind. Oh, it was that Saved by the Bell when, when Dustin Diamond did that like exposing behind the scenes. And Kate and Leisha were talking about like, oh, what would happen if someone did that on the L word? And they were like, oh, yeah, it would be like really juicy and stuff like that. But (laughs) they would never do it because. I know. Can you imagine? So when Alice mentions that she can count the number of times she's been in love on one hand, that's when she's talking with Sophie and they're both looking Mm -hmm. sort of like they're both sort of in the same place um, emotionally and kind of thinking about, oh, the person they love. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it's pretty definitive after this episode that Sophie and Danny are Oh yeah, they're done. Oh yeah, big time. For sure. I I was pretty sure of that last week. Like I just I know that there was a couple of people who were like, oh, like what does this mean for them? Are they gonna get back back together? Yeah. I just the from the the second I saw that episode, I was like, no, this this feels like closure that rebound end thing that happens and yeah. Yeah, like in the kitchen at the beginning when she tells Finley, like, oh, you know, uh, if you think that I'm back together with Danny, I'm not. Well, yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, Danny has her own conversation about it with um, Gigi, that part of the stressful issue with her dad is that she doesn't want to lose him after she just lost Sophie. And then she kind of tells Gigi about the last weekend that she had with Sophie and... She says it was strange and then it was fine. Like nothing had happened. Hmm. And when it was over, I felt relieved and a part of me always knew she was wrong for me. So that's about as clear as you can mm-hmm. get. Yeah. yeah. That she's like, yeah. I mean, it's almost like saying like, Oh, I thought I was in love with her or I was in love with her, but it wasn't. There's the a love. lot of times in life that that happens though, where you're like in the moment, you're like fighting tooth and nail for something. And then at the end you're like, Oh wait, like yeah. I should have listened to that little tiny mm. voice in my gut the whole time. Like you always yeah. kind of knew something was off, but you just don't listen to it. We're, we're seeing this timing issue, how we had kind of said with Sophie and Finley, like, oh, is she going to pick Finley now? And, uh, you know, maybe not yet, but sometime down the road. And I we're seeing that now that it's like timing. They kind of got their wires mm-hmm. yeah. crossed. So, I mean, I, did chance. you guys think Sophie would actually come clean? Because, I mean. No, she, no, I didn't think she would. Yeah, that was a little bit of a surprise to me that she tells Finley that she was with Danny. Um, but I'm wondering if that just based on yeah, but it could be based on the last few days of like Finley's hiding from her and her behavior that she maybe she gathers that Finley found out somehow already. 
maybe but so, so it's like now the now that we know that both sophie and danny are on the same page they don't want to be together anymore and sophie's trying with finley you know she goes and buys the sushi yeah, yeah. Like she's like ready now finally to be like and um, everything i screamed and... at the tv like well your time you you know you picked the wrong time now you're too late yeah, it's too late. I mean, man, Finley fell off the wagon hard. Mm-hmm. And like hard. Her, Sophie supposedly being her best friend and not notice. How can you not notice? Like, I mean, and, I guess and if, just she ha- the- if she hasn't been around her, maybe. But like, I, I think yeah. that when people are like hide, but like she yeah. was hiding. But mm-hmm. it, a lot of the times, I feel like with with alcohol or substance or something, like yes, people are hiding it, but they don't generally do the best job, whether consciously or unconsciously, because they really do want people to like find it and help them. But I, I think that it's, it's pretty obvious. And, and even being in the same house like that with someone, they should be aware of, Oh, there was six beers in the fridge and now there's none. And it's morning time. Like mm-hmm. I feel like they, that Sophie should be known, especially if she's, I mean, I'm not trying to put like the blame at Sophie's feet. Like it's Finley who's opening the drinks and drinking them. And, but I think that. Yeah. But it doesn't add to my um, nice list of, for Sophie. Like she's, she's mm-hmm. not scoring any good points with me. Like I actually, yeah, at the beginning no. of the episode, I, I thought to myself, Sophie's a jerk. Like <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't want her with Finley. Like, even if she like, begs and whatever, mm. tries to win her back, I'm like, no. I'm like, I feel like Finley's too good for her. Well, they're not communicating well. And I mean, I, I assumed when Sophie and Alice were having their talk about, you know, who they loved, I kind of assumed Sophie was thinking of Finley. Because mm. who else? Like, the de- you know. Yeah, because she's already admitted she's over Denny, so there's no one else. Yeah. They're... Yeah, I reckon the rest of the season will be Sophie trying to, like, make it up to finley and try and win her because otherwise what other storyline has sophie got <laughs> besides her segment producing oh yeah sophie doesn't yeah i guess even though it's finley who we haven't seen on screen much i feel like they can easily ramp this up into a big storyline for finley the second half of the towards season. the end of the season but yeah. but yeah sophie now is kind of the one without maybe a ton of screen time but I mean, I hope I I I hope because I like Finley. I kind of hope that uh, we see more of her in the second half of I the mean, season, even if she... it is because she's completely falling apart. Yeah, but I was happy to see her take that girl home from the bar. I was like, "Yeah, you go, Finley." <laughs> and, uh, uh, it's so unhealthy, though. <laughs> well, definitely unhealthy, yeah. but you know, Finley needs a little bit of loving. <laughs> mm. Back to drunk sex. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not helpful. Well, it, but it is. She, it is I mean, a but step she could have just had a, getting over Sophie. Yeah, but she doesn't need to get over Sophie. All it would have taken was one conversation. Just have a mature conversation because I don't true, think Sophie did any. Mm-hmm. The only thing Sophie did wrong was not telling Finley immediately that she was in Ohio with Danny. But yeah. her going back and sleeping with Danny, that was not wrong. You know, she didn't, it's just not like she cheated on Finley or anything like that. You know, mm. they had a long relationship that was 
at its end point and Finley should have given her that time. Yeah, that's true. You know, so she Finley rushed into it. And so I, I honestly Finley had been trying to get her to talk since the beginning, like pretty much since the wedding, she's been wanting to talk to Sophie. Sophie's been the one that hasn't wanted to talk. Yeah. But again, that makes sense. You know, you need, you need time. So I feel like I'm like less annoyed at Sophie than I was before. (laughs) So before we talk about the big therapy scenes, the Micah and mm. Maribel oh, yeah. yep. finally hook up in this episode and well confess their feelings to one another, I guess. Because I 100% if Maribel felt that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. We were unsure. But it was strange that he texted her the, end, the worst day ever. I was like, really, Michael? I know. I'm, I'm like, like what? Not, not when you found out that your boyfriend had a husband or anything like that. This was your worst day ever? exactly. Is he just being like a dramatic Andy? Like, oh, I have the worst day ever. <laughs> okay. I thought, ex- I thought the exact same thing. Because like, by the next what? day, he's, he's so downplaying it. Like, oh, no, no, I didn't mean worst day ever. I just meant worst day ever. Like, <laughs> it was just nothing. Yeah, I was. And then when he said he had a shitty day at work, I would have been, I was really surprised at that too, because I'm like, you had a great day. That was a great therapy yeah. session, I thought. I and he did yeah. really well. And he was like, oh, I did a shitty job at my job. And I was like, no, you didn't. You were awesome. Yeah, I didn't think so either. I thought he did a good job. Hello, it's fucking bad. Like, I know, and Beth was like, yeah, she was screaming and everything. And he was just like really calm and like, he got her to like open up and talk yeah. and stuff. I was like, ooh, you're like, been best day ever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in I a therapy session I know. A miracle. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, we did get that really, you know, interesting tidbit out of Bet with her mom. Do we think there's going to be like some kind of, I don't oh, know, absolutely. mom storyline for the, absolutely. yeah. Is that why they yeah, brought it up? Yeah, there was, there's a lot of uh, people who were saying to me, because they shared this scene on NBC this week. So I put it on my channel and, and I had a lot of people saying to me, Bet said before that her her mom is dead, and the only reference in the OG to to Bet's mom being dead is when they're at Tina's like gay and mi- uh, straight mixer, which and th- there's an honest homophobe who she says my he says oh what do your parents think and she says my parents are dead, and one Bet does not owe the truth to anyone never mind some stranger who mm-hmm. is a homophobe and bet has always spoken in the present tense about her mom my mom is white and the other stuff like it's clear she has a very complicated relationship with her mom and people do have very complicated relationships with their mom and because like it, it's your mom like you don't have to tell everyone everything and i think that it absolutely like beck can say whatever she wants because her mom hasn't been in her life for 30 years Mm -hmm. so i don't think people should point like leisha and kate said in their podcast this week too to one tiny thing that's in the og that it's clear that that you know she's she's talking to some stranger anyway so i think that it's totally plausible that her mom is alive and well, I mean, even like that she could just be referring to the fact that her mom's dead to her yeah yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah that's you know, true. she's not in my life so she's dead 
like yeah okay she did say 30 years but then i also thought that she said that her mom left when she was like nine or something well uh, then when she does that (laughs) right (laughs) and she has (laughs) that's just continually 39 the whole time (laughs) when she has that just like read to to carry about (laughs) you you, um you the same way you don't like you know you don't like scallops scallops carry i tried it once and it wasn't fucking for me it's just like that this is why i love you but that made it sound like she'd already tried to find yeah it it must have been in like her 20s yeah because i think just didn't work out i mean that was a was a yale in in 1983 or 85 so yeah yeah she should have tried it and like she probably sometime like at the end of of university or just at the end of she must have reached out to the mom and tried once and then it failed for whatever reason yeah yeah i think that's what we're supposed to glean from from the scallop thing yeah but just quickly back to Micah and Maribel, though, <laughs> before we head, head back into therapy. <laughs> I'm like, why, how is it that Maribel's always on her way to a date? Yeah, I thought that she literally <laughs> has a date, like, every day. <laughs> like, I, want her, I want her dating life. <laughs> She's yeah, like, like why are you... <laughs> yeah, yeah, give us your tips, Maribel. <laughs> I know, Micah's like, why do you look so nice? And I'm like, she she looks amazing. Oh, every that dress she, was amazing. Yeah, all the time, Tessa's dress was amazing. was amazing too in this episode. By the way, their wardrobe people are still totally yeah, on point. killing it. Yeah, and she's but a lawyer her. too. It's not like she's like you know got all this time on her hands. <laughs> she's just chilling all the time, waiting for Micah's texts. And she just kissed him. I was like, oh, that was smooth. <laughs> they're very cute. I like them. I ship them. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Would she say to him something like, "Do you still know how to do this or something?" Like, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, because he was like, "Can I?" Yeah. <laughs> and I think didn't she say it something like, "Oh, you know, you don't have to be that delicate. I don't break." Or yeah, yeah, you can't break me. <laughs> okay. Does anybody need anything? A some some oxygen, a drink, a Xanax, <laughs> like right now. <laughs> Yeah. Before we talk about Ben and Tina, can I have yeah. all of the above? Yep. 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 So what? we're going to talk about the big <laughs> scene that scenes that happen in this episode that contain lots of characters: Bet, Tina, Carrie, Angie, and Micah. And a lot goes on. A lot happens. Emotions are high. Yep. And Bet's finally in therapy. Miracles. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I didn't know well, why. Not, when... not willingly, but. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know, but when Angie said she wanted to do therapy, I thought it would be like at a proper therapist's office. I'm like, the first thing I thought was, wait, is Micah qualified for this? <laughs> It's like, his degree. That's what he's like studied. a volunteer at like a youth <laughs> no, center or something. I'm like, he's, he's an actual qualified for like family therapy. That's his and degree, I, isn't it? Isn't he that what he? Yeah, he's degree? like specializes in grief or, or something like that. Family something, wasn't it? 
I think they like tweaked his job in between the seasons. Yeah, last I think season, so too. He, they were talking about him wasn't being he a professor. Like working, yeah, wasn't he working at a university and being a professor? Ex- exactly. He was a professor, which did not lead me to believe that he's a licensed therapist. So, I mean, I really think they just tweaked it a bit because I read an interview with Leo Shang when he was originally talking with Marja like before he'd even been cast or anything and you know because he was studying to be a social worker and the character of Micah was originally written as working at like the jet propulsion you know NASA lab and Leo said like oh you know it's kind of an Asian stereotype that like Asian characters on TV always work in some sort of like scientific field so obviously Leo was, was studying to be a social worker and then that's why they made Micah's job like more that way and he although he did work as a professor the first season I think they tweaked it so that he could then fill this spot you know and and work with Nat and things like that and I mean you know there's psychiatrists psychologists therapists like different breeds of mental health practitioners but I know that that when he was interviewing with Nat or like the first day he was saying about that he specialized in grief so yeah definitely you know this is this is his job and I think it although yeah it it, you know the first season it was technically something a little different I am all for these like little tweaks if they're gonna make the show better and you know after the first season of a show a lot of the time the writers and all that they have more like think of the first original season of the l word like they made them have like male writers and things so they do get a lot more power going forward with the seasons and obviously they're they're learning and growing too so i think that all goes into it maybe they should have just brought back dan foxworthy (laughs) well Uh, i mean gosh my enemy (laughs) it's a little different to like talk to kids at a youth center than it is to be like oh adult counseling and marriage counseling and like all these things were kind of wrapped up in one Mm. today i think he's supposed to be like a trained therapist well i mean but in theory angie Angie was the main client for my right Mm -hmm. she was bringing Mm -hmm. in her family so that makes sense that being said, Micah did a fantastic job and I just wrote it off as like, eh, it's TV writing. Like, we can only yeah. have, you know... One therapist. Five characters <laughs> and they all have a very important job that, yeah. Um, yeah, because I saw I saw people, like, kicking off... Like, because when they released this clip of Carrie and Bat, obviously Tina's not in the room, Angie's not in the room, and I saw loads of people, like, really angry, like, oh, why is Carrie and Bat session and why is is uh bat being you know forced to say this and and i just wanted to be like well wait until you see the episode (laughs) like don't get angry over over something that that you know there there isn't any reason to be angry over it so it makes sense like it's angie's thing and she's brought them there to ask them this stuff with marcus i mean it's i definitely see as though angie is going to be like a match or something so i'm sure i'm like what about sometime... the other daughter isn't the other daughter able to give a kidney well it's a, not a match? i mean yeah like the it's usually like i don't know the closest you would ever get is 
because whenever you're getting genes from your parents you get like dominant and recessive so because usually with parents and children you have about a 50 percent match because they're looking at I mean, they're not just looking at blood typing, it's like antigens and things like that as well. And with a, a living donation, which is what this is, where the, obviously it's a person who's alive who's, who's doing the donation, the percentage is way higher of it being successful. I, I think it, it, where it's a deceased donor, it's only like 50 or 60%. Whereas with a live donation, usually I think it's about 90 95 to 97 I could be wrong on that but it's it's way higher and whenever like if it was if it was Kayla's Angie with siblings especially well full siblings it's normally about 25 percent but they can you know a sibling can be all the way up to a hundred percent match so I mean the main thing is like are they a match blood type antigen all that stuff and then they also look at the health of the donor. So they have to be like under a certain BMI and age and all these factors go into it. And usually with, with kidney donation, you can, I mean, they say you can get between 10 to 35 years out of the kidney. And like, obviously some people, they, they have to get multiple transplants. But the one thing I've always found interesting about kidney donation is that when you with a person who receives a kidney they don't actually usually take the bad kidney out so they leave it in and then they just put the new kidney in so normally if you have a kidney donation you actually have like three kidneys <laughs> anyway this isn't a medical podcast back to uh bet and tina from the beginning of the episode bet was being a little bit classic bet in that she was being stubborn a bit of a bee <laughs> <laughs> I think it's hilarious that Angie calls her B. I'm like, she is one. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, Carrie is already a little bit riled up at the beginning of the episode. Oh, yeah, she's having, ready. <laughs> she's like, ready. <laughs> having to interact. I love with that. Bet. She's going to behave, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, Tina, I was like, Tina, you cannot sure, promise Tina, that. Sure. You cannot promise yeah. that. I was like, you cannot. <laughs> Tina's trying to be diplomatic as ever. Like, I know you think she can be difficult. <laughs> Carrie's like, and I'd be very surprised to find out that's an unpopular opinion. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But then when, when Tina Carrie. goes, Bit doesn't want me, I was like, do you have eyes in your head? Like, <laughs> that was us, the audience. Yeah, yeah. We were like, that, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was Tina, us. Hello. Yes, she does. Hello. Yes, she does. Yeah, Carrie's <laughs> definitely right about that one. It, but it, but I picked up, it was a bit of a weird line too, when Tina was like, you're the one who wants to get married. I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. But I think she meant it in the way that she, she you know, she fixes herself, she corrects herself and says, you know, that it's all that, you know, you, you're you the one wanting to marry into this family. That's why you're here. Mm-hmm. I didn't take it to mean, like, you're wanting to get married and I'm not. As in, like, Carrie's pushing the marriage. I did. I took it as that then in the car park afterwards when Tina was like, oh, stop it. Like, as if to be like, we're not getting, like, you know, we're not getting married or something. Like. Well, we can talk about that one when we get to that. But <laughs> I loved I loved that scene with Tina and Carrie. I thought it was so funny because 
just especially uh, like I love things like this that are a little it's not too heavy-handed but if you maybe were just a Gen Q fan and and you know you're only what like 13 episodes into the character of Bet but like us who've known Bet for 20 years like we know that we know exactly what she's like we know that this in itself is a miracle that she's she's willing to do this and she's only really willing to bend this way for Angie sometimes for Tina and yeah I just I thought Carrie absolutely nailed it Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'd be surprised it was it was a bit weird for me that bit like now twice like last time with Gigi where she just like snaps and then she like Mm -hmm. literally the next minute does a 180 and like I I think that's I don't know it's strange to me now we're talking about Bet right (laughs) Well, yeah, but yes. it's, no, but she like all of a sudden she's so kind to Angie and stuff when you were so horrible two seconds before. Yeah, exactly. That just that switch of character there just seems really odd. I don't know. Has she always she's... been like that, or am I blocking it out? <laughs> now, see, this feels different to me yeah, because before, so. when she would have those changes like that and like show remorse, episodes... but like when she would show like some kind of remorse, it was because she got in trouble for something. Oh yeah, not because she cared. Mm. I yeah, never really felt yeah. like because she cared about the other person's feeling. It was only when she got in trouble or got caught or something for yeah. it. And, yeah. you know, that person maybe gave an ultimatum or something like that. But when it's Angie, it just at seems least like there's season, not enough time in between her like flipping out to being okay with something. It just seems like instant. Like, it just seems I think it just shows fast. there's people that she has zero patience with and then people who she yeah, respects. Maybe. And I think that, that that's like, age too because like I know that 10 years if I was doing this when the original L word was on I would be a lot more patient and be probably a lot a lot not like as you get older I feel like you just are more no that like I'm not willing to like when people like when people come on and and say certain things that are I don't know mean about the the cast and crew like maybe before I would have taken the time to go back and say like you're wrong because of this or that or da 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 and just because you don't like a storyline doesn't mean that the show should be ending or that people should literally be fired or the host of other things that people talk about and it's like these are real people real people that are playing these characters and have any opinion you want about the show and characters but that's why I have no tolerance on my channel or any of my like social media for people who are going to disrespect the cast crew writers showrunner whomever that may be and that's why now I'm just like uh mute block done like I do not I don't have the patience to deal with people that I think are idiots or wrong and I think that but as bet you know bet maybe when she's at the, C- the CAC and dealing with some like if you take the art like art and race and everything for example where she would have had the time before to like sit down and and speak to a old white man and tell them why this or that is wrong in their thoughts but now she's just like no fuck them like I, I I'm gonna do it this way and 
I just, I don't, I think that as you get older, like your patience shortens and you're just like, and she's just, you know, like she's bad. So it's like to the nth degree. So. But I was really surprised also when Micah asks, you know, about her family, I thought she would shut him down right away. Mm. Instead she opened up, which I was like, yeah. oh, wasn't Yeah. I did that. think that, that we just get like the scallop remark, like a, something like that, like a, a quick line like, yeah, to like just a shut one it line, down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah who knew yeah. all it would take would be Micah <laughs> asking the right question in the right tone yeah that's gonna have to confront a lot of things with her past saying not just you know her relationship with her parents and her sister and her identity but you know with with Angie she, you know, she's softened a little bit, but I think she has these, you know, fears where Angie is concerned. Mm-hmm. And I think Carrie's pretty much, you know, right on the money with her interpretation of maybe some of Beth's insecurities around Angie. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely team Angie in this um, situation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do really wish that that we got a little bit more on on everything that has brought us like what in the original show like when we ended in season six like okay we're led to believe Valentino are going to New York and they were still like really trying to have like another another kid so what happened there like I know that they were trying to adopt but I always thought like, oh, if they don't adopt, then maybe they would like try and have another kid and like did did they reach out again to Marcus or something like that? And and maybe that's just like me like mm-hmm. having too much time to think. But it would be really interesting if they had and obviously like had another kid and Angie did have like a full sibling like raised with her like raised in the same household too and and because like obviously I think one of the reasons that Beth did change her mind and did let Angie go and and meet Kayla was because she was thinking about her own half-sister and how what positive impact Kit had on her life Mm -hmm. so did Beth try and and do that like I have no interest whatsoever in in having children but I know if, if something like that did happen somehow that I would want to have two because I would never want someone to miss out on, on something like I have such great relationships with my siblings. So was there something deeper that was going on that Beth would have really liked Angie to have a sibling? And maybe that's why now she is so willing to bend to let Angie go and and see if she can be a match so that she can... As, like you know she says she doesn't want that shorthand and stuff to go away because it it is such a positive now in her life having a half-sister the same way that you know kit really loved or bet really loved kit and enjoyed having her in her life and now she doesn't yeah and that was another name drop we got in this episode i mean they do angie talks about kit a little bit mm-hmm. and i mean angie doesn't have much family period i mean her family yeah. is like her uncle shane and her aunt alice you know um and so family ever 
Right. And so when she starts in therapy talking about identity and how at least Kit looked like Angie, whereas, you know, her own mothers don't. So now she has essentially three mothers, you know, her moms and her future stepmother, Carrie. So two white women and a woman who could pass for white. And so it's understandable that she, the feelings that she has around her identity and how she walks through the world and how people see her and wanting to connect with people who can understand, you know, maybe some of the things that she's gone through or will go through. And, you know, I can see how Kayla and then Marcus could be um, that, I don't know, sort of an outlet, someone to talk to the way that she possibly, it sounds like she talked to Kate in the past. I mean, obviously, I know that that our listeners can't see us, but most of us, most of them have seen us before and know that we are three privileged white women. So we, you know, like we couldn't possibly understand what they're talking about and it it must be exceedingly exceedingly difficult and and as just just said you know Angie did have that shorthand and be able to talk to Kit about those things and like Kit was someone who was not only you know intelligent and fun and all these things but she also moved through the world in a very unique way because she was like that famous like you know singer person and successful and it must have been just a very very unique way to live in the world and be like recognized in that way but I I think that obviously Angie has found like a bit of solace and and a bit of that her relationship with Kit in in the relationship with Kayla and it does seem like a really nice thing and like so totally positive in her in her life and I don't think that in any way she's being pressured or or to check about the kit like the kidney match or something Mm -hmm. I think that she's just trying to to help people who not only you know, helped create her as, as they say, but also because she now, you know, has this relationship and, and really likes Kayla too. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. I think that's obvious that she cares about Kayla and doesn't want her to hurt. And I think it's partly Mm -hmm. that empathy may be even more than her biological connection to Marcus is that she doesn't want Kayla to lose her father. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she has the power to do something about it. And that's something, you know, for teenagers to have power over anything in their life, you know, to have that kind of um, ability to affect someone's life in such a significant way. I mean, everything's bigger when you're a teenager, but I mean, something like that is huge. And to be able to, to have the autonomy, to be able to make a decision like that, not over your own body, but someone that, you know, that affects the lives of other people that it's it's a really selfless thing that she wants to do 
Mm. And, you know, I think she gets her parents to understand that a little bit, but I mean, Carrie's the most understanding one. And, (laughs) and, um, uh, Angie tells us that too. She's, she's said more than once that Carrie seems to like understand her and treat her her not like a child. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, And like, as we find out a little bit more about Carrie too, that, when you do have that like common okay like as, as bet like tells us she jumps down carries throat a bit that it's like she's not saying it's the exact same but there's a similar thread that carrie can understand that she grew up without by uh, a biological parent in the same way that angie did and and you know, when you meet this person who helped create you, but hasn't been in your life, like how that is a unique set of circumstances. So yeah, I think that she like just appreciates Carrie, like full stop. Mm -hmm. Because as she says, like she sees her like a real person, but then also because she can understand it from like this different angle that Bet and Tina can. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's lovely that, Angie invited Carrie and wanted her to be there for that. I mean, she definitely didn't yeah. have to include her. It could have just been her parents, oh, yeah. but she includes there. And, and and to her credit also, Carrie shows up when Angie asks for her, but to potentially the detriment of her own relationship. Well, she did say she had to move around stuff just to be there. So that's Carrie showing commitment there already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that she's, uh, she's like a priority. I do think that that it is interesting that they've taken this this point with Carrie and Angie because usually TV shows and films like it's very quick and easy to be like and the kids hate the new step parent mm-hmm. or whatever it is but Angie really really seems to to like Carrie a lot and I also think that it's really interesting that Angie knows and can see just how much Bet like dislikes Carrie. Like I wonder <laughs> if I I wonder if, you know, like last season in the season finale, Angie said, Oh, I I've always thought you know, you and um, Tina would get back together. She said it's a bet when they're screaming on the mountain. And I wonder if in Angie's head, it's just like, oh, she hates, she hates Carrie. Or if it's, oh, she hates Carrie because she wants to still, to still be with Tina. I wonder if like those, those, like what, like what she thinks in her head about it. Mm. yeah because i did think a little bit in season one that she was trying to like parent trap bet and tina back together mm. but um that doesn't know, seem but, the case now yeah she no. seems so sold on carrie and you know happy that she'd be a part of their family mm. but yeah carrie calls out tina <laughs> that's for sure I did, I did, uh, just before we talk about that, I did really like the Tina and Angie scene and Mm -hmm. that kind of like, I don't know, I feel like Angie is a a lot like Tina. 
she has like okay that's fine things like that but I, I I don't know why I enjoy this so much but I just enjoy when people are like characters on the show are basically like talking about dealing with Beth yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes such like oh my god I, I yeah, as I always say like I'm a bad apologist I love her to death but as Carrie said she whew, she's a tough woman she's a nightmare and I just love when when people are like dealing with her on the show especially mm-hmm. Tina because like I say this with love and exacerbation that Bet and Tina they deserve each other in like a starry cute way and they fucking deserve each other in like <laughs> no one else should have to put up with their bullshit kind of way. <laughs> yeah you can totally imagine that there were a lot of scenes like that with Angie growing up where oh, yeah. <laughs> Bet freaks out about something or lays down the law but then guess what Bet goes to work and then Tina's like okay now that she's gone here's how it's really gonna <laughs> yeah, happen like... and like don't worry about her <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, like God. oh just let your mom have this and uh like I'll make it up to you Tina's like the Bat whisperer okay mm-hmm. Bat oh she totally is mm-hmm but as Carrie yeah. pointed out, she's priority number two in her life. Uh, no, number three. No, no, three. as in like Tina is priority number two. I mean, sorry, Bet is oh. number priority. That Angie will always be the top priority, and then Bet is priority number two, and Carrie is third. So she was saying that yeah. that Bet will Bet always will always win out. I feel over Carrie. Yeah, I know that the the um, I'm sure this this episode's going out on Sunday. And then the actual episode aired on Thursday night. So I cannot imagine how many times the little clip of Tina closing her fingers <laughs> around around Bet's hand will have been talked about and shared and cut from each angle. But oh, good lord! That ha- I mean, like that sucks to be Carrie. Like oh yeah, you could see she was uh, right sort of there, disturbed like- by that. I understand Bet like has nothing to lose and couldn't control herself. But it was but... Bet that reached over, right? Not Tina. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it's not like Tina reached for it. She was just sitting there. Yeah. She did have Tina had like her hand like between the middle of them and then she like moved her hand on top of her knee. Mm. And then Bet was like, ah, my moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of Carrie for walking away at the end, for standing up for herself because she- Yeah. Before that, it kind of seemed like the person who would be like, oh, okay, honey, like, you say everything's fine. Like, oh, it's fine. Let's go home. Yeah, Get to yeah, watch I, a movie. I, I was kind of surprised when, when that outside scene started and Carrie was very like, oh, the, this was difficult. Like, she verbally... I thought that, that Carrie would... Like, they'd maybe just, like, sweep it all under the rug and be like... I feel oh, okay. like uh, Carrie is my spirit animal in that moment because she's like, I'm starving. I need a hot tub, a massage, and a tea. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's me every day. <laughs> that's my every waking moment. <laughs> but yeah, I, I did. I, I did like it because I was like, oh, yeah, we're seeing like some character development and mm-hmm. like she's got a spine because I, I know that the, the, 
I before I felt as though like maybe in episode one that it was a bit more like she was just so happy to be with Tina that she wouldn't mind being like pushed around. Yeah, episode. yeah, no. exactly. So that like, oh, you're, you know, why are you with me? I'm not pretty. I'm not, you know, whatever the kind of things that that she was that she would say sometime that mm-hmm. that yeah, you'd think that maybe she could be a little bit of a pushover. So I. I'm glad, but it, but it did contradict with my at the very beginning of the episode where I wrote down Carrie is so nice, and then that scene starts and she's like yelling, and I'm like, oh, oh, I know that surprised me too. I was like, whoa, I did wasn't expecting that out of Carrie, especially that. Are you fucking kidding me, Tina? I just got verbally assaulted by her. Yeah, ex-wife. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She kind of reminds me a little bit of myself. I'm like that. Like I'm a, I'm I'm a little pushover and I'm a little too nice sometimes. And then, but if you push me too far i'll like snap like that (laughs) yeah i don't i don't know where we go from here because i honestly think that i think that bet and Gigi like will end soon because it is just like a physical thing and or maybe they will have already been over by the next episode yeah, we will always have the memories of Jabet <laughs> to fall back on. And then I think that Bet is confusing her love and appreciation for Pippa's work and trying to cram it into love and appreciation for Pippa. And I think that no matter who she's with, like, it's bet is always all in for Tina. It's bet wants Tina 24 7, 365 for the thousand years. But with Tina, like Tina's always the one that takes the step back, or like bet's always waiting for her to say yes again because the answer is always yes from bet. But I think that I just don't know because Tina was making it sound like Carrie, like they wouldn't have got they wouldn't be engaged if Carrie hadn't pushed it like so much. And they keep saying, Oh, we're getting married the summer, the summer. We know it's like April slash May. Carrie is back in episode seven, but Tina and Carrie together aren't back until episode nine. Is that where we're yeah, heading? The head, yeah. The and climax. Like, yeah. What, what happens there? Like I'm assuming that like doesn't burst in like Finley. <laughs> Stop yeah. the wedding. <laughs> Actually, no, wasn't it more like hello? <laughs> My theory. Yeah. I mean, I just I also don't I know that the the you know there's a lot of people to say the least that one Bet and Tina back together, but as like I always say, I just don't see them doing that until the end of the show because yeah. Laurel Holloman cannot commit to more than a handful of episodes yeah. because she has an entire other successful career as a painter. And even if she could, what like there's no story. It, they have to do this like slow, you know, burn thing because I know there are a lot of people who'd watch Bet and Tina just going to dinner and ordering or you know sitting at home but it's a tv show and the majority of people 
watch TV for like entertainment and stuff. So I think that they there may be like a working that way back. But for now, there's going to be drama and stakes. And I just I, I, I don't know whether the next time we see them, it's supposed to be like with Danny and Sophie, like, oh, it's the rehearsal dinner for Tina and Carrie. Or they're just going to throw this out the window and, and they're just always going to be fiancés and not really moving towards a date or does it all well they've dropped being... that they're getting married this summer several times now so yeah I'm assuming they're leading yeah. up to that but then i'm like now with like tina saying that in this episode now does carrie be like well does she really want to marry me like Mm -hmm. Well, we probably, uh, I would assume that that we either get a scene where they talk it out and everything's fine again, or it'll happen in the alternate dimension that we never see (laughs) and Mm -hmm. then miraculously fine again the next time we see them. Yeah. And then Tina's in episode 10, but it doesn't seem as though Rosie O'Donnell is. Unless I could kind of see them deciding not to get married. It could just be like we we get (laughs) delivered news via Angie off the phone with Tina or something. Mm -hmm. See, I'd much rather, because I totally agree with you that Laurel can't come back, but, you know, assuming that she and Bet would be in-game, like, I would prefer if Tina and Carrie were, like, you know, married for the next four seasons or something, and then when they decide to end Gen Q, you know, then maybe Mm -hmm. Bet and Tina get back together and ride off into Mm -hmm. the sunset. But, you know, Bet still has these walls up, and like you said, she hasn't worked on herself, and Mm -hmm. so not the issues... That Tina had with their relationship, no matter how much Bet wants her back, those issues still exist, I think. Yeah. Oh, I'll just say this last thing. I yeah, I just really don't know where they where they go with this, to be honest, because they are give like that little tiny, you know, Bet and Tina are holding hands for 0.5 seconds. Like, are they just gonna continue to put little tiny things like this throughout the rest of the season next season and I don't know is that is that it or will they completely like shut them down and say okay Tina and Carrie are married and then just continue to have Laurel and Rosie because Leisha and Kate and Jennifer all in the past couple of interviews have been like we want Rosie back for season three. We're all fighting who who gets storylines with her. So it definitely doesn't seem like she's going away. It, yeah, like in the most of the times when the L Word season finished, that people just disappeared and you never right. heard from them again. Well, right. it makes me wonder so. whether the season will end on one of those weird cliffhangers where she could potentially be in season three or she couldn't potentially not, depending on how mm. much time passes. I'm sure there's going to be a cliffhanger. I'm sure. Oh, for sure, for sure. It's Marsha. <laughs> Thanks, Marsha. Yeah. Cliffhanger queen. <laughs> yeah. But in true style, it'll probably be like six months later for the season three starts. <laughs> yeah, and and um, despite some people thinking they can just like make make up rumors and and they be true, but yeah um i i definitely think that everyone who's on now will be content i think that laurel could have easily 
if she doesn't want to be involved, she in season one, she could have been like, hey guys, like I don't act anymore. That's it. Maybe say to them, hey, I'll come back for the very last episode ever. But the fact that she's been in both seasons, like I think that we'll definitely continue to have her for a few episodes every season. Mm. She's always tied in with Angie anyway. Yeah, yeah. But like they they do try their their best with when in the episode she's not in to be like, oh, Tina's in Vancouver or something like that. So there's only there's only so much they can do. Mm-hmm. So Angie has this super emotional day at therapy, but a good day. As you know, ultimately a good day for Angie where they work some things out, but there's a lot going on in her life. Yeah. And so Jordy comes over and Angie's trying to tell her everything, all the details. And it's pretty obvious that Jordy's not paying attention mm. <laughs> and yeah. is more, you know, She's interested. doing that annoying thing that I hate that other people do when you're talking to them and they suddenly just pick up their phone and start scrolling through things. And you're like, um, are you even listening to me? Yeah. Yeah. You. yeah. So basically uh, Jordy kind of sucks is my opinion. Yeah, well, I would feel like there's a breakup coming if they are still. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not sure if they're still together, if they're supposed to be together or just friends. No, they're supposed to be together. Yeah, so I feel like there's a breakup coming, definitely, because I feel like they're no longer cute or well-matched at all. Right. They're not not in the same place right now. So, whereas, you know, in season one, they were both, like, a little bit wild, like, a little bit delinquent, you know? I mean. Yeah. Um. And neither of them really seem to be that anymore. But Jordy seems to be a little bit like Miss Popularity. Yeah. yeah so they're definitely, and I mean, that's very typical of like high school. But um, yeah, I just feel like Jordy doesn't want to hear. Jordy doesn't want to hear these things. Jordy wants to have fun, you know? Yeah. 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 So I feel like that could be a potential storyline coming up. Oh, yeah. Where Angie realizes, uh, no, that she's not for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I remember, I think, yeah, this was like the week before Christmas. The girl who plays Jordy, Sophia, she was saying that she's really excited about their storyline this season and, and what they're doing. So there must be stuff upcoming with them. Well, and I kind of assumed it'd be like, oh, this, you know, lesbian couple prom storyline. Mm. Um, and it would Which be kind of like, huh? Right, it is. You but... see that picture of them at prom too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I figured that would be more of the, you know, like lighthearted, cute and stuff. But it's like Angie has serious stuff going on this season. So mm. yeah, kidney donation, which we did see them filming in like hospital settings and stuff. So that's probably where that's heading one of one of my subscribers um sat on the plane next to jordan hall last weekend and um, random (laughs) yeah she was she contacted me the other day but the weird thing that keeps happening is that people keep sending me messages telling me that jordan hall is 31 years old which she is not <laughs> no <laughs> there's no way she's 31 yeah. is there a different is there a different she's actress 18. with the same name are they dyslexic and they're just reading 13 wrong 
No, yeah, the, literally, I I don't really like to talk about. Well, one, I don't like to talk about the, the private lives of anyone because I don't. I'm here for the show. I don't think that's any of our real business. But in the sense of like Alicia and Kate, who are open about it on their podcasts, like yeah, I'll talk about their podcasts and things they say on there. But I don't even mention like even in my reviews or anything any of the younger um cast members because I just think that's inappropriate but there was one interview last week that I think it was with Jordan and Jennifer or something and I shared it and then all these people were like oh do you know she's 31 do you know and I was like she is not 31 (laughs) so I don't know it's taken on a lot of people saying it but Weird. Just to let you guys know, she is not 31. She is 18. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this happens a lot, a lot, a lot. People send me messages with crazy things like, oh, so-and-so is leaving the show. And and just sometimes things that that it it really frustrates me that people are making these things up. So I would really stress to anyone if you see any unsubstantiated rumors to just not like think where has this come from and is there a source because if there's not a source the most likely situation is this person has made this up and there are situations like I always normally if I'm sharing news I will always say where if I've got it from crew if I've got it from someone on the set if one of you know one of the producers or writers has told me or showtime has told me and when so for example like whenever we all broke the news about the show coming back on the 8th like I said I heard that from the set people on this from that were in the rap party told me and that ended up being true so then that should give you some sort of confidence in things that are coming from those people so it does frustrate me people literally making up lies and putting them on forums or other places and then presenting them as if they are true facts when they are not they are someone just making things up basically do with that information as you will but people ask me why i don't why don't I talk about certain things too so yeah i just don't talk about the younger ones because they got enough going on i think there's some things that are off limits and that goes for cast members children as well and so i think that was it for this episode episode five lobsters two i don't think it was quite as awkward as lobsters one (laughs) (laughs) but lord knows what happens to those lobsters because it was jam-packed though it was a jam-packed episode yeah i think i think there was a there was no downtime whatsoever would have liked some more gg in this episode but <laughs> i want more always... gg in every episode yeah i would always like more gg i say god and... bless her low cut tops yeah <laughs> just god bless her oh her in general god bless her and i would have liked more finley too i always want more finley sherry jaffe was a i'm glad that it was a surprise to me and mm-hmm. oh yeah i thought it was it was funny and again i do think that they must have some bigger guns 
in their arsenal if they are so freely giving us the information yeah. about Alice's mom and about Sherry Jaffe. So we shall see who turns up in the second half of season two because we are officially halfway through now, which oh, is so crazy. That went so fast. So we hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed episode five overall. And we'll be back, of course, next week for a brand new episode. Episode six, Love Shack, which looks to be a really good one. I'm really looking forward to I'm really looking forward to that one. Watch us get copyright claim for that. Uh 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 I'm sure my call my singing isn't that great. So thanks so much for listening, guys. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at Drinks at Dana's. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, and other good podcasting services. If you could please give us a little review, it really helps us out. And make sure to check out the notes to find Chris, Jess, and myself at our sites and on our Instagrams. So have a great week. Take care of yourselves. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Oh, come on, Nash. (laughs) (laughs) It's going in the blooper reel. Yeah. (laughs) It's my boob. (laughs) Your boob. (laughs) Your boob knocked it over. (laughs) (laughs) Fring!